Thank you for joining me again on Buff Hub. I'm your host, Steve Vega. On Buffalo Rumblings, guys, it is an honor and a privilege to be a voice for you Bills fans. And um, guys, we are here as we are underneath, it looks like, I guess, less than 100 days away from uh, football again. <laughs> so uh, things are heating up. There's a lot of headlines. There's a lot of things that, uh, you know, the Bills are looking to do that is kind of unorthodox, and that is, number one, signing former XFL wide receiver Marcel Aitman to a one-year deal. Uh, big guy, about 6'4", uh, made a name for herself with the Battle Hawks, and this is a team in the XFL that has been uh, actually starting to get guys in the NFL. So um, it's interesting, right? Um, right now, he's 28 years old. He was a seventh-round selection of the Las Vegas Raiders. Gets a chance to play in Buffalo, at least prove himself. It's a very stacked roster, a very crowded wide receiver room, um, one that has a very strong reputation of being able to put up points, uh, make big moments. But um, I think ultimately the Bills are at a point here where uh, we're wondering, you know, what, what's, what's it really going to take to break through that threshold uh, that Kansas City and so many other teams happen to do um, year in, year out. Um, it, it's tough, you know, and, and this is where uh, fan interaction, where, um, you know, talking about stuff, we're able to unpack it together. And little by little, as obviously the season goes on, we start to really realize, you know, what the roots of the problems are. And it seems as though Buffalo right now uh, seems to be trying to reconfigure uh, you know this great machine that is the Buffalo Bills franchise and right now I know that a lot of people are frustrated because there was a lot of reports uh, swirling about DeAndre Hopkins and you know Buffalo possibly pulling him into the fold but it, it just seems as though the Bills were more concerned about speed than they were finesse. Um, last year uh, Brandon Bean did say um, I believe in the closing uh, no, this wasn't even last year, it was this year, where we were talking about uh, what Brandon Bean was saying in the closing press conference of the season and in regards to, you know, really bringing in uh, a couple of guys to fill in the role that Cole Beasley was able to bring out of the slot receiver position with Isaiah McKenzie shuffling in and out with Jamison Crowder. Those two are now gone from the Buffalo Bills, and Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir um, have, you know, they're smack dab in the middle here. And now we're all trying to figure out what exactly is next for this team. Right? You're not signing DeAndre Hopkins. So that's that's out there. Every, everyone knows it now. If, if DeAndre Hopkins signs with Buffalo, it's literally going to be for maybe less than a million dollars. Uh, Buffalo has literally no cap space. I don't know who else is willing to cut their salary this year to bring him into the fold. Better yet, I don't know what else more Ken Dorsey can create. Um, the issue was not the passing game last year. It was, well, in fact, the balance of the running game um, and protecting Josh Allen. And, you know, bringing him in, I've, I've been an advocate for it. I'm not going to sit here and lie about it and act like I wasn't, you know, hyped about it. I was. Um, I think 
bringing a talent like him into the locker room, uh, you know, a professional a guy who is, uh, you know, just for so many years really, st- you know, st- stood out. I mean, even after he came back from injury, just lit it up uh, with Kyler Murray. And um, with Josh Allen, I think he would have a chance to very well just shine like the days of old in Houston. Now, we're looking at the situation where he might be going to Cleveland to reunite with Deshaun Watson. So, um, you know, it, this has been a hot topic, and, and we obviously can uh, break it down over and over and over again. Hell, I, I'm at this point now where I think this is just a, a dead horse to me. Um, I'm done beating it, um, and I'm focusing more on uh, some guys going into this year that I am hoping can reemerge, if you will, uh, to, to, to a form, or better yet, and, and ignite themselves to a new level. Um, one guy in particular is Ed Oliver. I think that you look at his size and his potential and what he's able to do, um, there's a lot pinned on him, especially in the trenches where they're willing to always, almost every time, try to run it up the gut on Buffalo. And the way they successfully do that is double-teaming at Oliver every single time. Whenever they single um, block Ed Oliver, it's it's trouble for the opposite team. Ed Oliver is fantastic. I think it's it's foolish to think that he wouldn't have success on another team with a better formulated defensive line. I think I say better because we saw, you know, eventually there was just turmoil on the defensive line because of injury and because of the demand. And again, does that stress come from you know, the secondary, not being able to not being able to cover. And then there's more onus on the four-man rush to get things done. And, and well, look, I, I, I see it this way. You sign Von Miller, the job should be easier. You, you, you draft two defensive ends, right, in the same draft class with Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham. So something's got to give here. I, I don't think it's at Oliver. I personally think when you have tremendous edge pressure, it really provides a way easier um, dynamic of attack for the interior defensive line. Ed Oliver was drafted in the first round for a reason. I think if this guy goes to Kansas City, if this guy goes to a team that uh, you know has more cohesiveness around him at the defensive line, I think he absolutely is the worst defensive tackle to go against like in the best way I mean it like I I would hate to go against Ed Oliver I I I think he's so quick you know he he is disruptive in everything he does you see him going 100 miles an hour every single play for him to get dinged over you know what you know how the turmoil that happened last year I mean it's foolish so yeah I am on his side when he says what he said, and he took it off of Twitter in regards to what his payday should be like. I think he knows how much he's put in, how much he's put out. He's been healthy. He has been doing his thing. Um, I, I think it's a lot to do with how they formulated this defensive line and their development. So what's going to be interesting to see is, again, if, if, if who's going to really, from these from this young group, um, really start to show up and become that dude. Is it going to be Ed Oliver? Is it going to be Gregory Rousseau? Is it going to be Boogie Basham? Boogie Basham has a big chip on his shoulder. There was reports about what he felt and how he was utilized. Um, 
And then you look at the dark horse in this entire situation, and A.J. Epinesa comes out of Iowa and basically is told you need to cut weight or you're not going to fit, whereas now they're kind of wishing they didn't do that to him because being able to play inside and outside was exactly what the Bills needed last year. Um he was a dude coming out of college that you did not want to run against. He was a high-graded high, high uh, second-round pick. That's why the Bills took him after we had lost our first round. So he was the best player on the board, but it's the responsibility of this staff to develop these guys. Um, now, I want to talk about one player that, to me, because of obviously the situation and everything in it, is just he's kind of an anomaly, right? And in, in, in what to expect and in, in his situation, and that's DeMar Hamlin. Um, DeMar Hamlin, let's, let's not talk about what happened health-wise. God bless him. We all, everybody on the planet, wishes for him to just continue on in life and have a healthy career the whole night. I want to talk about his progress before that point and where he was at. I thought he played aggressive. Um... I thought he was he was starting to come into his own. Um, but again, there were moments where you were just like, what the hell was that? And most m- many of those moments were him getting cooked deep. Um, maybe just having a little too much, uh, I guess you could say, trust in his skills uh, and, and basically just underestimated players that had the over-the-top speed, such as Jalen Waddell, um, obviously Tyreek Hill, guys of that caliber. I mean, yes, have they beaten guys on the Bills roster currently right now? Yes. My question is going to be, what is his development going to be going forward? You saw what happened to Poyer and Micah Hyde on this team after years of figuring themselves out in this defense. I do believe a lot of their success not only was predicated off of each other, but it was off of Tredavious White locking down number one receivers and then forcing quarterbacks to throw it to other guys down the middle of the field where they basically had a field day. Um, A lot of what I am expecting out of DeMar Hamlin is basically to fit the mold of what Micah Hyde is. Now, it's going to be interesting with Taylor Rapp now on this team because the Bills are going to basically force everyone on this team to get better. The Bills have a very good knack for taking players from other teams that are of <laughs> first round descent or in between the first and the fourth round, right? And then pulling them into their team um, and figuring out a way to get the best out of them. That's what makes Sean McDermott so great and his staff. I'm wondering if they're going to run that dime nickel set where you have, instead of a second linebacker, or just two linebackers, excuse me, you actually have a safety in the middle helping a linebacker. I personally think that would be a very fun thing to watch this team do because it would force teams to understand, like, look, like we're willing to drop a safety in here as a linebacker to make a play in the backfield. Um Pretty ballsy, especially when it's, you know, a a for sure running down. But this is what you can get out of a guy in Taylor Rapp. Now, can you get that out of DeMar Hamlin considering, I didn't want to get too much into this, but considering 
the freak accident that happened on the field um, where he was just trying to stop a wide receiver on the drag going up the going up the you know left side middle of the field and just got popped in the most rarest place exactly right on the money and now you're wondering right what's going to be the plan going forward for DeMar Hamlin you you gave him his entire salary um up front you paid it all uh to cover his life to to give him what he needs to to live and and to succeed whether if it's staying in the league or not um it stinks because a lot of us were high on him a lot of us believed that he was going to be on the uptick um if you're going to ask me if the bills would have won that game against cincinnati i'm going to tell you absolutely not they were going to get i think absolutely mollywopped in that game just like they got mollywopped in the playoffs um i think the bengal's are just a better team Right now, currently, I, st- I still think the Bengals are better than the Bills um, because defensively, we have a lot to prove against that roster. Now, let's swing to the offensive side of the football, right? We've been talking a lot about what to expect out of, the, out of these defensive players. I do believe, closing up here on DeMar Hamlin, though, I do think they definitely want him to fit that mold of Micah Hyde in time, hopefully as he recovers. Now... One player in particular that has been of big interest to many Bills fans has been Gabe Davis. And it's it's so unfortunate. Um, I feel like one day we're going to look back and just feel so spoiled and so, um, I don't know, just on the other side of the misunderstanding here <laughs> that Gabe Davis is a great player. He's going to become great. He just needs time. I think he fell into a window where Buffalo needed to win now, right? And he fell into a situation where he was behind two veterans for two years straight. That means John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders. And then finally gets a shot in his third year. Um, Basically is in a situation where he is now looking to be (laughs) <laughs> from people uh, as the heir apparent of Stefan Diggs on this team for whenever Stefan Diggs um, ends up moving on in his career, um, finishing his contract out in Buffalo, whether he just plays even longer. I just I just think that it's an unfair expectation level. Stefan Diggs is rare. The type of talent that he is is absolutely rare. What he can do on the field is it's magical. It's magical to watch. The connection with him and Allen is just so special, and we're watching it um, like a movie right now, right? And um, and to put all that pressure on Gabe Davis to basically perform at that level, it's it's it sucks because there are teams that have gotten to a Super Bowl with way less talent on offense, right? Defensively, they just figured it out. Game plan wise, they just figured it out. Um, and, and they just play smarter. So so what's going to be the Achilles heel this time, this year for the Bills? Is it going to be for some people Gabe Davis? Is it going to be some people Ed Oliver? Like, are we just going to continue to just keep pointing fingers, pointing fingers until finally we have to stop and really think about who's at the helm here? Sean McDermott was the only defensive 
head coach in the AFC playoffs. And he went to the divisional round and they got spanked. So, and, and, and McDaniel's right behind him with the Miami Dolphins. It literally, if the Miami Dolphins had a better quarterback, if they had Aaron Rodgers, um, we would be thinking very different about what the Miami Dolphins would be doing this year. And now Aaron Rodgers is in the division, but he is on the Jets, and the Jets are just another team that is going to extract a lot of question marks on this Bills team if they are not ready and willing to really uh, put the toe to the leather this year. I'm excited, though. You know, this is something I wanted to talk about. We're going to start breaking it down uh, week to week. Um, as far as the expectation levels of some of these players that are kind of going under the radar with all the, all the tabloids and <laughs> Josh Allen, um, I know some people saw that he's dating Haley Steinfeld and who knows, who knows, right? There's the next story is going to be about, you know, Stefan Diggs, you know, breaking news again with the Met Gala. And, and again, that just happened. It, it's, there's always going to be something. There's superstars on this team. Um, but don't let that drown out some of the storylines of some of these great players that are starting to develop off of this team, off of this roster, and are starting to make a name for themselves. Big contracts on the way. And anywho, guys, thank you so much for joining me on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. To all the military out there and first responders, thank you for all you do for our country and our communities. You guys stay united out there, look out for each other, enjoy your weekend, go Bills.